Hello and welcome to Tales from the Engine Room, where we meet the people who make up the Skiff, a co-working community in central Brighton. I'm getting more and more confident at saying to the client, no, I see what you're trying to do, but I think this would be better like this, because they come to me for the expertise. I'm Caroline Bevan, a digital storyteller, and I'm a member of the Skiff too. Across this series of interviews, we'll meet freelancers, remote workers, solopreneurs and small team leaders, asking them the question, what are you working on today? This week, we meet illustrator and graphic designer, Joe Harrison. So today, I am, I've been doing quite a few different things. I've had a few hats on today. So I've been um, making sure the audio for an animation, uh, the voiceover correlates with the text that um, I've put in the uh, document. So um, not super exciting, but important. Um, and then passing that on to the animator. So I've done all the graphics for that. Um, and I'm working on um, a print document for a membership organization. And if I get a bit of time later, I'm gonna be doing some illustration for um, a website I'm working on. So it's interesting you just talked about the various things you're working on today, which pretty much sum up graphic design. Everyone thinks that it's either super glamorous or super, super dull. Mm. And actually it's a real mix of both, isn't it? You have yeah. to do really interesting exciting things but then there's so much just checking <laughs> yes a lot of checking and some stuff as well it's like i wear different hats a lot because i do things for oh the other thing i was doing today was making sure that the resolution for an image that's going to be printed massive for a trade show was you know good enough quality for something that's going to be really big so and this is going to be like a six meter by three meter backdrop so yeah so i work in print like documents, um, annual reports, blah, blah, blah. But I also do like signage printing, uh, design for signage print. So that can be a six meter by three meter uh, exhibition stand. Um, and then I work on website stuff. So you're looking at pixels rather than millimeters, um, different color profiles and that kind of thing. And then also illustrations, which could be used for print and um, web. So yeah. I'm all over the place, basically. So this stuff, and I mean, I, I work in, in graphic design, mm. um, and print gives me the fear. We've had a conversation this week yeah. asking you to help me about with print, because just, if it's, for the, if it's for the web or if it's for social media, it can be changed, it can be yeah. corrected, it can be changed. Print, especially like a six metre thing, yeah. you get that wrong, and it's a huge, huge thing. So how, first of all, how, how do you deal with that? How do you, have you been doing it so long that it's just second nature? Or? I'm, I'm quite lucky actually because I started, my first paid design job was working for a sign makers, a, a vinyl sign makers. So, and I actually wasn't employed as a designer. I was a sign maker. I wasn't very good at it. Um, Does it hand, like hand sign? Yeah, I used to, you know, take a toolbox with me to a garage and, and vinyl up the side of a van. What? I, you know, we used to stand out in the snow putting stuff on vans, putting up fascias, window graphics, all kinds of things. Um, and then and we started off mostly vinyl and then we started to get into more sort of large format printing. We originally started doing large format printing on this stuff that only printed things uh, 12 inches wide. And so if you wanted something massive, we had to do kind of, you know, rolls and rolls of it and then join it um, oh on God. site or you'd you know graphic up a face and then someone would go and install it so mm. we did lots of stuff like that um and sometimes if you made a mistake with that it was it could cost a fortune and i did make some quite big mistakes everybody does yeah. um but also you know i you know someone says oh you know, can you put a sticker on something I'm like 
yeah, kind of got, get squeegee <laughs> out. This. Yeah, so yeah, so my, I started in kind of in print and large format. So right. I'm not as daunted by it because that's how I began. Right. So. so, so that first job they're doing as a sign maker. Mm. Was that straight from university or how, what was your journey to that? Yeah, it was before university. before university. So yeah, so I did my A-levels and then I did a foundation course and then um, just kind of circumstances and money dictated that I couldn't go to university mm -hmm. just yet. So I thought, I know, I want to be really creative. I'll go and I'll just do a boring job and then I'll be really inspired to, you know, do stuff. So I thought I worked in H&M and I was like, no, I'm so bored that actually bored. and then there's bored. Yes, I'm so bored that I just I'm really depressed so I looked for something more creative and a friend of mine who I'd gone to school with was working in the sign shop just around the corner from where I worked and I said if is there anything any jobs going he goes well as, as the luck would have it we are actually hiring so yeah so I took my CV in and we got on and I because I already knew Alan and we'd both, both done art school together um yeah, so I got the job there and did that for two years, and then I went to university, right. did visual culture at Brighton <laughs> University, um, and then after sort of maybe a couple of weeks after I left there, I got a job in the printers on Grand Parade, which was an interesting job, also whilst teaching at the university. So on the one hand, I'd be setting an essay or marking essays for graphic students, <laughs> and then the next day, one of them would come in with a, a memory stick and say, oh, I want the same minute, so, you know, <laughs> it was a bit of a... It, it, I think it possibly undermined my authority somewhat, but I did like working in the printers. It was quite cool. We got to go to gigs and things. And okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that pretty cool. Because you were doing all the gig posters, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We knew the promoters and stuff, and the guy who owned the business, he was a promoter as well. So we got to go to some really good stuff. Um, yeah, and I really liked doing that. And, I, and off the back of that, working with the main designer there, he showed me how to use Illustrator. Um, and so everywhere I worked, I learned a bit new software. And then I branched out and went freelance mm -hmm. later that year or the year after, while still working there. Was at one point, and I was also working at a hospice doing workshops with mm -hmm. people in the day hospice. So I kind of, there was one point I had three or four jobs, but all relatively, oh, and, and I worked in a bookshop as well. So I was kind of doing creative, lots of creative adjacent. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, so kind of just kind of just got lots of different skills, and I kind of, it's all been by accident really. Wow. Um, but yeah, so I can now say, look, I can do this. I, you know, mm. I have experience in signage print web because then I became friends with a guy who's a web developer and he was a, a friend of my ex-partner and um, and he, his mate who taught him to do it so then they taught me how to do stuff so I did it I did WordPress websites for a little while as well and these but these skills now it means that you are incredibly well placed for a client to come to you and say help us with this thing we've got a, a campaign coming up or we need help with all these different bits of bobs and you can yeah. advise and it, even if you're you're just being asked to do graphics you know where it's the destination of these things so you know what's yeah. going to work on a website as opposed to print as, so you know yeah. all this stuff. I know all the different files to to provide them with mm. I know you know I can and I can advise them about stuff as well so this will work here but not there yeah. um, I would do this and, and you know and I'm getting more and more confident at saying to the client no I this is I, I see what you're trying to do but I think this would be better like this because they come to me for the expertise mm, and it's very easy to defer to people who are saying I want this 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 and this and trying to accommodate it even if you know and I think this is where experience comes in even in sometimes you'll try really hard to say yeah okay yeah okay okay we can do all that we can do all that and then and then kind of you know kind of killing yourself trying to do it rather mm. than going no actually this should be a this page document um, this should be a microsite not just a page um, you know this should be this kind of this should be a pop-up sign rather than you know like a banner that kind of thing right. so 
and it's and it's nice when you know as long as as long as what you're saying is is correct and it doesn't bite you in the arse <laughs> because if you keep bending over backwards and pr and and providing things even to your own detriment mm -hmm. people will continue to people will expect it in future and i think you do have to think about your own well-being like, yeah. um, and it's interesting isn't it as a freelancer and I, you know i've been freelancing um and you do especially when you're first starting out you make promises to clients because you want the work and you need the mm. work and you feel like um if you don't make these promises and these claims you won't get the work in mm. so how do you manage clients obviously it, it, it sounds like you go in now very much with a i know what i'm talking about <laughs> listen mm. to me this is these are the kind of these are the these are the rules but how do, how do you manage clients and how many clients do you have on the go at one time and yeah. i'm fascinated in that whole kind of juggling of clients and expectations and Sometimes I could be working on, sometimes I could be dealing with maybe six, seven clients at a time. Mm -hmm. And it might not be, it might just be that I'm quoting for one, I'm doing a piece for another, I'm consulting on a piece for one, we've just started something, we're just finishing something. So it's, I'll be honest, I, I don't have a super structured schedule. I just know it will work out. Mm. Because as a freelancer, you don't like to turn down work because you're like, well, what if they use somebody else? and then yeah. to go with them. And it's, I try not to worry about it too much. They, I used to be very, very anxious about it. And now I'm a bit more confident. And now actually I've got to the point where sometimes I have too much work and I know other freelancers and I pass stuff on to mm -hmm. them, but I kind of manage the project. Yeah. Um, and if it's illustration, if there's a, uh, an amount of it that's, got, that's illustration, because that will be my style, I will, um, I will pass on design work, but I'll do still do the illustrated content, or I'll work with an illustrator who's happy to, you know, work in a set. So I'll do prep preparatory stuff so that then I can do the work type stuff. But it's always very above board. It's always um, making sure that if if something was original work, they would always mm -hmm. get credit for it, that kind of thing. So wow, yeah. Okay, so how so how so in terms of working with other people, is that something you do very often, like collaborating with other? Designers? If I can, yeah, I really like I really really like working with other people because I work on my own so much. So I really like it in terms of brainstorming and talking about ideas, but I also like working with other creatives in terms of also, you know, being able to pass on work to other people, especially if, you know, someone's in a bit of a bind and they need extra work. So I've got a, a friend who's a graphic designer and some, you know, I'm able to pass on stuff that's not super duper exciting. It's like, um, you know, print brochures and stuff like mm -hmm. that. but. You know, if you need the work, you need the work, and, and it's really nice to be able to do that. And I also, it's just an extra skill discovering that you know can manage a project and yeah. be responsible. So I, and I, wasn't sure. I thought they, I, did, I was worried at first that they might think, oh, she's being a bit like controlly about it because I was managing the client side of yeah. things. They're like, no, 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 we really like it that we don't have to deal with any of the emails, um, and that we just do the work. You check it, you deal with it, and then you pay us. And I was like, well, okay, that's great. And then that's, and it's a possibility that I might go forward and have a sort of a banner kind of thing. So I'm obviously very upfront with clients that I work mm -hmm. with other freelancers, but that, and I suppose that's how lots of studios start, right? Absolutely. Um, so that is something I'm possibly looking to in the future if, if the work, if the amount of work I've got stays the same mm -hmm. um, or increases. So, so that's is that is that a dream that it would be you would be the only sort of the static person, and then you'd bring in freelancers as needed to kind of, or would you would you imagine having staff at some point in the future? Like, a... um, I don't, I don't like the idea of having staff really because mm. I think um, I would want people to be able to have their freedom so they can go and work and do whatever they want. But also, I've seen other people who have 
done their dream job and and then they turn it into something like that where they have staff and everything yep. so people who have been you know creative and then they've started a gallery or a shop or whatever yep. and they become they become a shopkeeper or an admin person whatever and they I don't, don't want to do that like people rise through the ranks yeah. and then you know become a manager of people and I, I still want to do the creative stuff oh, so that would yeah I would want there to be as light a touch but just to make sure that work still the work that I, I do and the clients I have still come to me because I've got the capacity mm -hmm. because I'm able to delegate basically but also they're still hiring you because you yeah. are the, the like you said, the, almost the masthead of the, the whole thing and they know they they trust you and it sounds like trust especially with the clients that you've got is so important yeah they trust you and if you can say this is me yes I bring in other people and we've got all these people that I work with and you know we can now do bigger projects and bigger scale and yeah. more projects then it's a win-win, right? Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah, and I, I turn, you know, I work with other people who've got similar values, um, and so, you know, working with organisations that deal with, you know, I think there's, I work exclusively, I don't think I've got a single client who's who's profit-making, actually, mm. which is really nice. That's really nice. Um, so I've either got, I've got a couple of um, events organisations, so they're kind of, you know, they're doing their inclusivity stuff and everything, but they're kind of neutral in terms of, um, I don't know what the word is. Uh, cause like activist or cause based or campaign based or whatever but then I've got um, a couple of theatre companies who work with autistic and learning disabled people Amazing. and then the rest are the women's sector Phenomenal. so that's that's everybody um, and so I couldn't possibly work with I don't know say if I worked with a graphic designer who I knew to be sexist like yeah. you know <laughs> I, I'd, I'm, I'm, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to find how I would align myself with somebody <laughs> like that anyway because of the, the clients that you're working with, you'd need someone who, who goes above and beyond in terms of sensitivity. This is yeah. not just, you know, some hotshot designer just out of university, maybe hasn't quite cut their teeth in terms of dealing with clients. Yeah. And because of the kind of work, the sensitivity is such an issue that, or such a, um, a factor that needs to be taken into account, yeah. that you've really got to, like you say, be careful about who you're bringing into that, into yeah. that space. And I'm really lucky I work with a couple of web developers. One who, I now recommend so I work with two and they're both fantastic and they're both men mm -hmm. um, and there's a guy in Scotland so I was brought on to work on a project with him and now he refers me to other people and mm -hmm. he's absolutely fantastic he's like if you design it I'll build it basically <laughs> um, and he's really great about kind of all of the issues because he works a lot in the women's sector as well because he's been referred and then there's my other friend as well who's off the back of working with me he's now doing a lot more stuff in in that area and so he's now thinking oh you know like for instance in a website for like a women's aid or a rape crisis center you've got an exit button mm -hmm. so that people can quickly get off yep. and so the, he did one the other day and it's great sometimes you can put, put it to, to so it just goes directly to a google search mm -hmm. or something he just put it to the bbc news website which is just really sensible because yeah. it's sometimes if you if say if you landed on just a, a google search somebody might mm -hmm. what are you googling rather than if you're just on a news website everybody looks at the news yep. from time to time Absolutely. and it's a perfectly leg legitimate website to be on yeah. so if someone's questioning you'd be like i just want to see what's going on yeah and it's just it's just little things like that um yeah so that someone's really thinking about the functionality and the user experience, in even even having left the site. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting to hear how you're as a sort of solo freelancer, mm. um, how you work with other people, and obviously you're based at the Skiff, which is why we're talking today. Mm. Um, mm. How did you come across this place, and how does that fit in with your? Because I know you've you've collaborated with a couple of other people here as well. I think. Mm. Um, so how does that all fit in with like, being here? How does it help you work and get your get your job done? Um, so I 
became aware of the skiff years and years ago. Um, some friends of mine, who, the guys who were teaching me like to use WordPress and stuff, and they said, oh, there's, an, there's a, an event, and I can't remember, it was something to do with development. And at the time I was like, yeah, I'm gonna learn to code. I didn't. I can change the colors of things with the hex code. <laughs> I can put padding in and, you know, I can do a bit more than that, but um, I didn't get very far because I want, to, I want to do the creative, I want to do the visual things, and I really love the technical stuff. But anyway, so there was an event at the skiff when it was down um, on Gloucester Road. Yep. Um, and so we went there, and so I was aware of it, and I've been going back on the website like intermittently for the last few years, going, God, I really need to get out of the house. Really need to get out of the house. And then um, after the pandemic and everything, I realised I was becoming a bit peculiar working from home so much and living on my own. What does peculiar look like? <laughs> peculiar looks like... Um, I mean, I did this anyway. I sang to my, singing a lot to my cat, um, but also just kind of being a bit insular and forgetting how to be social, getting up at funny times, working late into the night. You know, I saw, I, I live my life through memes at the moment and I saw a thing that said, and this hairdo says, and I didn't brush my teeth either. And it's like, yeah, waiting till two in the afternoon to brush my teeth, um, that kind of stuff. Because, you know, why, why are it here to social conventions if there's no one else around? Right. Yeah, it's the number just... of times I quick, quick, come put some makeup on. Yeah. Do your hair, put some earrings on. If you put earrings on, people think you've been dressed for ages. <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it. And, I, and a bit prior, it was more of a financial constraint, but it, it's, you know, obviously it's still a cost that's got to be taken into account, but it's less so now. So yeah, I, and, I, and I, live, I live rurally as well, so this is, but it's fantastic. And it helps in a way that bizarrely, with more people around, I'm able to focus more because everybody else is working rather than being at home when you're and you're like, oh, I know, I'll just, I'll put the dishwasher on, I'll do some washing, I'll, I'll potter about or whatever. You mm -hmm. do things to distract you because it's hard to focus. But if everybody around you is focusing yeah. or you want to go and get a cup of tea and then you can have a bit of a chat and yeah, it just, it really helps. And I also have met people who are doing similar stuff to me or even different things, but you it's interesting how, how things overlap mm. and you can be, you might be doing completely different projects, but there are similarities or there are things that, that are relevant and transferable skills and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but also, even though I'm learning animation, I'm not quick. Um, it's something I can, I can do some stuff well and I can do some things uh, quickly, but I took on a project which had, had dragged a bit and they had no deadline for it. <laughs> and I saw a, uh, a meme on social media the other day saying this, uh, this, this project has no has no deadline, so this woman will never complete it. And I was like, it's <laughs> so true. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I did. A, we, we spoke to the client and thought, right, we need to decide a deadline. But I said, I'm going to bring somebody else on. Um, so, and, and Joyce, uh, who's absolutely fantastic animator, and she does explainer videos and news videos. And this this is an explainer about um, gender budgeting in Scotland. It could be a dry subject. Yeah. Obviously, it's it's interesting and it's upsetting and whatever. It's serious, it's but it doesn't serious. have to be boring. Yes, exactly. That's the that's the phrase. And um, and so, yeah, so I've done the, the graphics because I did, I did some of their branding and, mm -hmm. and visuals and things and then and put, pulled it together. And then me and Joy sat together and, sh and I said, right, this is what I've got. I really like your input. I want you to be as creative as you want. I want you to be as an interesting project for you. So, yeah. but then we sat there and she was like, oh, how about this? You could do this with this. Um, we could, you know, we could make this image leverage the kind of statistics mm -hmm. better and yeah. it was just really really interesting so that was that's a really really lovely outcome and I think we started talking about that after we I think I'd been come here a couple of weeks Amazing. um yeah and so and I've been talking to Zoe and she works in policy and she mm -hmm. said you know and because of the 
the clients I have, it's very similar to some of the, the stuff she does. So she's like, I will pass your details on. So, you know, lots of cross-pollination. and That's really nice. Yeah, it's been really helpful. And I just, it's just changed stuff for me so much. You said you live rurally and you say you travel you travel quite a distance to get into Central Brighton to get to the skiff mm. and you know you've, you've explained um, why the skiff and not other co-working spaces because I know you know we've we've both worked in other spaces and yeah. there's just not that I mean there's probably little bits of collaboration but certainly not this is because it's maybe a little bit smaller here and it's a bit mm. more we're all in the same room you can almost overhear conversations going on and there yeah. is that big melting but it feels like a big melting pot yeah oh, I love I love uh, sticking my iron in somebody else's conversation <laughs> <laughs> probably shouldn't do so much but really enjoy it I've got three quick fire questions I'm gonna ask you just okay. to wrap things up but what was for lunch today um a cream cheese and uh smoked salmon sandwich bag of knickknacks um <laughs> a uh Cadbury's whole nut and uh cherry coke from the garage when I went to get paid Garage sandwich, yeah. they're the worst sandwiches. Oh, but it was wait, it was one they've got a waitress. Oh, it was a waitress, oh, that's what it, meant. it wasn't just like some shell <laughs> no. or BP sandwich. No. Okay, well, you forgive me, that's fine. Um, if you didn't live where you live, because you live, it sounds like you live in this idyllic little village out in the middle of nowhere. If you didn't live there, where would you live? I'd live in Brighton. I'd probably like quite like to live uh, near my mate up in Han Hanover, um, you know, near Dover Castle. That would that would be my preferred. Nice. Then you're near Queen's Park. That'd be nice. And if we went worldwide, is there, have you got a burning desire to go and live on a desert island or you know, Ooh, Bondi Amsterdam. Beach? Amsterdam. Really? Mm, what yeah. is it about Amsterdam? I don't know. It's just it's quite laid back. It's pretty. It's yeah, just yeah. Amsterdam would be lovely. Wow. Okay. And final question: If you could do this, if you could earn the same doing any job, what would you do? Um, I'd just paint. Be an I'd artist. be a painter. Yeah. Because art, we haven't even talked about your art. So art's a very big part of your life yeah. away from graphic design. Yeah, and I do it, and, and, and I kind of, I like to think of the work I do um, as a designer and illustrator as, aren't I lucky to do this for a job? So it doesn't take the joy out of doing art for money. And so then the stuff that I do for myself is very different and it's more exploratory. And I often kind of just do bits and pieces here and there. I don't, it's not that coherent. I just do what I feel like doing. Um, and. You know, it's something I always wanted to do, but I've had, you know, you have to compromise. Um, and maybe one day I won't have to, mm -hmm. but I still have the joy of it. So, you know, we went to the pub last night and I got home early enough to still, mm -hmm. to still be able to do some work and stuff. And then I painted till about midnight and just, Definitely. you know, I mean, it meant I didn't wake up very early today, but. So have you always <laughs> kept on with your art ever since doing your art foundation and your art yeah. so you've you've kept art all the way through yeah and that's how I started I mean one of the things I started doing with graphic design was designing band posters for friends and my brother's band gig posters were the thing that got me into graphic design basically so I mean I've done, done the signage stuff and all that kind of thing but yeah doing gig posters got me into and illustrating as well so I'd kind of always done that but I used to have kind of more lofty pretensions about being an oil painter and everything mm. um, but now I like to just do whatever makes me happy at the time so it could be paper mache it could be uh, doodling it could be um, you know a collage whatever nice. so and I try and do little workshops online and kind of you know mm -hmm. I'm just trying to make my life as rich as possible and you can find Jo on Instagram at Jo Eliza Harrison or head to her website jo-harrison.co.uk and if you're interested in working alongside people like Jo and myself then head to theskiff.org and finally, don't forget to subscribe to Tales from the Engine Room, and we'll see you next time.